Welcome to another episode of Let's Discuss It Podcast. We're sitting here with Drake Box. We're going to have a little discussion about some things he's overcome. We're going to talk about the podcast with Miss Marsh on Raising Kellen, and we're just going to jump right into it. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. So, um, how did you get to know Miss Marsh? I heard the story from her, but how did you see it in your perspective? What were you doing that day that led you there? So, I was actually being a cashier, and she came through my line, and I instantly knew what was what Keelan had because he had a walker like I used to have. Mm-hmm. And I tried to approach it as, you know, as softly and gingerly as possible because, I mean, some parents are very open about it. Some of them just like, you know, don't look at my kid, don't talk about my kid, you know, just leave us alone. Mm-hmm. So I said, ma'am, I said, I don't want to be disrespectful. I said, but does your son have cerebral palsy? And she was like, yes. And I was just like, well, I do too. And her face just instantly changed. Mm-hmm. She's just like, oh, my God, you're, like, you're such a blessing. And and all that, and I was just like, well, I appreciate that, ma'am. I didn't have really time to talk to her and just because yeah. I was in the middle of work. So right. I said, well, ma'am, it's good to see you. And, uh, you know, she just went about her day. And then a few days later, we were talking about going into school. I was getting my uh, service hours done for uh, Jackson State's PTA program. Right. I went to the physical therapy place that she actually worked at, and I didn't know it until they told me <laughs> to go to the back. And there she was, just standing there. And I was like, I was like, hold up! I said, isn't that? <laughs> I said, aren't you? And she was like, yeah. And so we just started talking, and the relationship just kind of jumped off from there. So it's almost like it's almost like fate. You know, yeah. wh- you know, you being working there and her going there and you seeing Kellen, uh, Kellen, right? It's how you say Kellen. Ke- Keelan, Kellen. Um, so you seeing him and then just commonly asking and being uh, the way she described it to me is you were very respectful. And uh, she says you've always been respectful since she's known you. So you, when you developed that friendship with her and she asked you to get on the podcast, were you kind of nervous about discussing what your situation was and what you overcame? Well, the way I see it as is. I try not to uh, – I'm an open book to anybody that wants to listen because I try to use my life, uh, my life story, you know, all of the uh, different obstacles I've had to face as motivation for people, even though they barely know me. I'll tell you my life story if you want to actually, you know, genuinely care and listen right. because, you know, people can use it as feel for them for whatever they're going through. You know, they can be like, okay, well, this 19-year-old kid has overcome so much. Why can't I get through what I'm going through, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just try to use it as motivation and uh, try to see the positive in everything. It's almost like with Miss Marsh, the, I uh, I talked to her through Facebook Messenger. I I forgot how it came about. She, we got linked up by, I think her husband works with somebody that linked up with me and or tagged them in something for me. And then she ended up messaging me and talking to me about the podcast. And the first interview she did was with you. Mm-hmm. I think y'all were her, like you were her first mm-hmm. starter interview mm-hmm. and so i listened to your story and i listened to how she approached every question with you with a little bit of and not tiptoeing around it but she was very eager to learn from you mm-hmm. what, what but within her boundaries you see um was it hard to hear yourself talk about it is that the first time you ever publicly said any of that stuff Actually, no. Uh, I go to Dyersburg State Community College, and I've done a few speeches for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a speech in front of some scholarship donors, and then I did a speech. I was asked to do a speech by the president at a luncheon. Basically, they just wanted me to tell my story and, mm-hmm. and then try to incorporate the school and the scholarships that I received. Right. Um, but like I said, you know, I always try to use my, my life as motivation for people, and you know, if that helps, then that's good. If not, then I'll just go about my day and continue to do what I do. But no, that's not the first time. So I was pretty comfortable with it, and you know I felt comfortable with her. So I was able to be open and honest about it. Okay. Uh, give us your story, as, as brief as you can get. I don't, you know, 
I know you probably said it a hundred times. Right, <laughs> and I'm fine with it saying it a hundred and one times. So, <laughs> right. Give us um, your story so people can get, can get to know who you are. So basically, uh, I'm very proud to be from Ukraine. I was adopted from Ukraine at two years old. Mm-hmm. Um, the conditions over there are far from ideal for anybody, but especially for a kid that has a disability they know nothing about. Um, to give you a little insight, they kind of just put me in a room off by myself. You know, they were just like, well, he's probably going to die anyway. So we're just kind of see what kind of happens, you know, yeah. probably got fed like once, once a day, twice a day, you know, I was 10 pounds at two years old. So when you think about that, you know, there's some newborns that are that, that weight and then two years of life goes by, you're supposed to be a lot, you know, bigger than that. But so I came from Ukraine and I was adopted by my lovely parents, uh, Lori, who is no longer with us. And then my dad, his name's Gary. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a mama's boy at heart, so I love her to death. But um, so I was adopted to them, and they brought me in a house full full of four women, <laughs> <laughs> four oh, girls, Lord, no brothers, man. and they were all older than me. Oh no! So you know, he set me up for failure right off the bat. <laughs> uh, but they did have some pretty cute friends. I can't even lie. There you go. Um, That's a plus on that yeah, when you're living it's with a benefit, right? Right? Because right. all their friends come over. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right? Um, but you know. Uh, being raised around four girls, you know, there's a lot of positives to it that a lot of guys don't get to experience. Like, you know, when they're uh, in that certain mood, how to lock yourself in your room where they can't get in. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> um, you know, they, they, they were really good about, you know, making sure I was what I needed to be, where I needed to be, um, making sure I was comfortable with everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they just treated me like a normal, normal person when I started to understand what I had mm-hmm. and it, you know, it started to kind of started to mess with me, you know, kind of feeling self-conscious about it. They just made sure to tell me, you know, Hey, you're just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. You're our brother. Yeah. You're, you're a normal guy. You're a kid, you know, just be you. So yeah. they were really good about that, but we have a very close knit family. Well, the the good thing is, um, the good thing is when you have such a family that accepts the condition that you have without you really accepting it early on, were they with did they walk that you know walk that process with you on almost like through this journey that you're going to get to where you're at now they walked it with you right at a young age yeah they um they all you know pitched in every way that they could but like i said i'm a mama's boy so she was with me mm-hmm. through everything you know when i had my surgery she was the one that stayed with me in the hospital that night not because my dad didn't want to but he had four other kids to worry about you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so um, she stayed with me and, you know, we just bonded really close for that. And, you know, my sisters always just tried to keep it lighthearted and fun around. Uh, actually, when I got in my wheelchair, I was in a wheelchair for about six months, but one of them, I'm not going to say which one, one of them, <laughs> we have a very steep driveway at our house. One of them rolled me down the driveway. <laughs> so, you know, I thought it was fun at first, but then I was like halfway through and I was like, oh crap, how am I going to stop? <laughs> and then, my mom flipped out. She was oh, like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, she was like, don't do that, you know. <laughs> but, you know, they just kind of, they just made me feel like I was, you know, just another kid and mm-hmm. I was their brother and they're going to love me regardless of what I go through. And my mom and dad are just the same. So, How was school like for you when you went? Did you go to the Dyersburg school? Yeah, I went through Dyersburg school. Okay. How, how was how was the school experience for you and um, how did how'd you get treated? Well, um, I was bullied quite a bit that, you know, you can understand that much. But um, I don't blame the kids because it's all to me in my in my perspective now it's ignorance more than it is mm-hmm. stupidity and there's a big difference between it. To me, ignorance means you just don't know about yeah. a certain thing. Stupidity means you know you choose not to listen. Mm-hmm. So whenever a kid is like, you know, what the heck is wrong with you, 
and they genuinely want to know, I'll tell them, you know, I have cerebral palsy. It's a disability. It's not contagious. You'd be surprised how many kids ask me if I'm contagious. <laughs> I, like, it, it got to the point where I was like, dude, just if you, I already saw the words forming in their mouth. I was like, don't even say it. Yeah. I was just like, no. But they you back know, up a little bit. Yeah. Just, yeah. They're just like, let's stay away from that kid, you know? <laughs> but, um, you know, they, most of them were just genuinely curious about what was going on, mm-hmm. and then some of them were just, you know, just mean. Some kids are just mean. Were you the so. only uh, kid that had that at your school? Mm-hmm. I know some don't have none. They're not exposed to what you said. They're ignorant because they don't know. Right. So well, you were the only kid that had a disability as, at that age? As far age? as I know. And the only in my class and around my classmates of 2018, that was I was the only one yeah, that okay. had that. So, you know. But that at an early age, that provided me with a great opportunity to educate people. Yes, definitely. As well as me being educated in it and on how to socialize. And it got easier when you when you grew up, when right. starting to grow up. Right, because I was able to arc- articulate a more detailed response more than just I have a disability. Yeah, definitely. You know, so. It was almost like you were prepared for, you know, those earlier years of being bullied. It prepared you for your responses later. Because when you come off informed, people tend to back off and word spreads that you're you're a little more aware of what's going on and so it in the end it makes them look stupid like you said so right. when it came to the bullying how often did you get bullied and how how bad did it affect you like when you went back home because it's almost when you're alone that you start thinking about the things that exactly were exactly so um you know i got i didn't get bullied per se, to where I just wanted to, like, run out of the classroom or whatnot. But it was enough to make a difference, you know? Like, I would go home, and I'd be like, man, like, why is this happening? Like, I wouldn't be, like, you know, sad and depressed. I would just be like, why? Like, I was just curious as to why, because I didn't understand that, for me, me having that disability wasn't anything different, because I had it my entire life. I under I grew up understanding what it was and how it affected me and how other people, you know, live their life, quote-unquote normal. So... I just didn't understand why. I just don't know. I didn't know why they didn't just ask me, you know, instead of just, like, teasing me about it and telling me I'm not going to be anything or whatnot. So I just decided to, you know, just inform them and prove them wrong. So, What are some of the major surgeries that you had due to your disability? So on both of my both of my legs, I've had both of my Achilles tendons. They were trimmed and stretched. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the... That's basically all I had to have done because I have a moderate case, which I'm blessed mm. to be able to say that because um, I've seen the more severe cases and it's just not, you know, it's not where I would want to be. Mm-hmm. But I had both of my Achilles done. But even in the moderate case, that surgery, you know, it wasn't bad. Um, but the pain after was immense, obviously. And I still remember it. I had it when I was about six years old. And I remember when I first woke up, it was like somebody was constantly stabbing me with like a sword mm. in both my legs. And it was just terrible. And the physical therapy was hell, if I yeah. can be completely honest. It was almost like a excruciating. Correct? Right. Because any, anything like hip-wise, leg-wise, knees, stuff like that, it, it's crucial. So was there any point from the stuff that you grew up in, in the circumstance that the Ukraine, from being a malnutrition child who these people didn't understand your situation and your disability to come into America. And what age did you come to America? To America? Two years old. Two years old. Okay. So when you grew up here and you're being teased for something that, you know, obviously you couldn't help, but did it, did it inspire you to want to push forward or did it, at any point, did you ever want to give up? Um, see, but the thing is like, my disability never made me think, okay, well, obviously I can't do anything, so I'm just going to stop. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. you know, my disability and my cerebral palsy and my circumstances and me having prior knowledge of Ukraine didn't know anything. Yeah. So, and even though I was only two years old, that's still, you know, when you grow up and you learn that this orphanage did this to you and they they just didn't know, you know, that, that sets the mindset of, okay, well, if they don't know, these other people aren't going to know, let yeah. me educate them, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So, because I can, because I'm able to. But, you know, it never held me back. It always motivated me to be better, uh, be a better person, you know, be a better um, version of myself. You know? Yeah, definitely. Um, because I wanted to prove these people wrong. Mm-hmm. It's not that I had a chip on my shoulder. It's just that I knew I was able, so why not do it, you know? So um, it didn't get down to the point. Of, I didn't start to stress about my disability until uh, a little bit later into high school, when after I had my surgery and after I felt like I was walking fine and everything, and then I started to limp again mm. because I'm going to be straight up honest. I didn't do my stretches as I was supposed to. I didn't stay on top of it. Um, and obviously you're supposed to do that or it can, you know, go back to how it's going. So uh, I didn't start to stress about it, but, you know, it's kind of getting under control and we're going to get it figured out. How many times did you have to do rehab or, ther- you know, therapy for your uh Whenever you had surgery, and like stuff. intense therapy. Yeah. So how, was it like uh, daily, every two days? How 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 does that? How well, would you do it? Like right after, I believe. Like I can't remember clearly because I was you know like six or seven. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I remember right after it was like day, 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 mm-hmm. day, and then starting to go further and further away from the operation day. It would go to like every other week, and then a couple months, and then I just recently, well, recently, a few years back, I went back to Shriners to uh, get fitted for an AFO. And a night brace that I still wear mm-hmm. now. So I think that's probably going to be the extent of it. Yeah. What is your cerebral palsy? My son has spastic cerebral palsy. What? What? Which one do you have? I don't know the um, precise name of it, honestly. Okay. So I just you, know what it affects. Okay. Have you had any... See, you're 19, right? Yes, sir. Okay. So with you being 19, <clears throat> high school, you know, um, everything you've overcome, surgeries, everything... Did it ever? Did your disability ever affect you dating, ever? Um, in all honesty, because I mean you're a teenager. You know. Honestly, no, uh, because I was very good at at um at hiding it. Whenever I limped, you know, I always made sure I was sitting down. Or whenever I got tired, I was like, hey, you know, let's go, let's sit down or watch a movie or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I would always be straight up and honest with them, you know, before I said, okay, I'm dating this girl. I wanted her to know that I have this cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. If I tell you I'm in pain, it's not me looking for sympathy or, or you know, anything sympathy. like that. Mm-hmm. It's just me being straight up honest with you. If you don't like it, don't waste my time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, uh, It's almost like they have to be there with, like, they have to be able to be very, very understanding to a condition like this. Um, just like when you have parents who have kids with cerebral palsy, like Miss Marsh, me, uh, Noah's mom, Lachelle, it's like the patient factor has to be there to to really get through it, to be honest with you. So when, you, when you're when you at an age now when you're dating and you're doing stuff, so, you know, with you dating and stuff, like, did, did you ever find the patience in the girl? Like, did the girls ever find the patience with you? Or was that ever an issue? Like, you know, did they have to explain it to their families? Did they ask a lot of questions? Well, like I, think, I think everybody will ask a lot of questions. Um, it never got to the point where... I could never, I couldn't date a girl because of my cerebral palsy. Right. Um, because honestly, like if I feel like this girl wouldn't or would choose not to understand my disability before I even told her, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get in, I wouldn't go that far. Right. You know, because I feel like I don't want to waste their time. I don't want to mm-hmm. waste my time trying to explain something if you don't want to listen. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and 
whenever I told uh, any parents about it, they were just like, oh, okay, you know, well, you seem to be doing, you're, you seem to be pretty normal. You know, I feel, you know, they felt confident that I was able to, you know, take just care. Of, take care of yourself ordinarily. Right. Um, did did ever did you ever feel like you ever got any sympathy from people when I mean you don't want sympathy right you just want to be treated as if you don't right. have it but did did you ever get sympathy and like stuff from people like you didn't you kind of felt it right off the bat that they were, that's what they were doing mm-hmm. um you know so like I remember going to like certain school dances or whatnot and like okay so I wasn't I wasn't an outcast and I wasn't a very popular person. I was just kind of in the middle. I mingled with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were certain people uh, that were quote unquote elite in my school <laughs> or whatnot, whatever they want to call themselves. <laughs> I don't know. But um, we called them know. jocks in my day. Right. Yeah. <laughs> whatever it is. But, um, you know, they felt like, okay, well, we can talk to him, but we're not really going to ask him to come hang out after school or whatnot. Mm. We'll just be his, he'll, I'll just be his in school friend. You know, I never had that type of friend. If I'm, if I tell you I'm your friend in school, I'm gonna be your friend outside of school. Right. So if I ask you to hang out and you say no, then you know you're no longer my friend to me because I'm right. not. You know, I don't confine my friendship to just one building. But anyway, I felt like um, if I asked a girl to dance and she, I felt like she was out of my league or whatnot. But I, I had the courage to ask. Her, the worst thing she can say is no. I felt like there was a couple of girls that probably just said yes just because they knew that I had that disability and that cerebral palsy and they just kind of felt bad. So they were just trying to make themselves feel better. But listen, don't feel bad about getting curved because I got curved in in, uh, middle school. I got (laughs) curved. I went to prom with somebody. I took this, I paid, I didn't never, I never sold the magazines. I didn't give a crap about that. So I always <laughs> That's paid. old school right there. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think they no, sell that if, anymore. No, yeah. if, you, if you sold the I think 15, they do raffle tickets do and donuts now. I don't think they do no magazines. Listen, Nobody reads the paper. They, yeah, yeah. They, they do. They used to have a thing where you sold 15 magazines. And if you sold 15, then it paid yeah, for your ticket. For your, mm-hmm. Or you could pay $150 and go to prom. Hundred fifty. Yeah. What school do you go to? <laughs> Crockett County. County. Yeah. No wonder. And they still can't put a new door at that place yet. Now that wow. they got out of everybody. Uh, so I took a girl to prom. And as soon as we walked in, we went, <laughs> we went separate directions. We didn't even talk. I didn't dance with her. But it was just, it's funny because, like, I felt like even back then, I felt like when I was in middle school, I got sympathy. And it was, and I, I was no different than anybody else. So never feel like, you know, anything like that was only because, I mean, because, I mean, people, it happens to everybody. Mm-hmm. And it sucks. And it's just, it is what it is. And I, I was thinking, you know, with my kids, I'm like, kids nowadays are so antisocial because of because of social, social media, media. Technology. Uh, technology that when they do get curved the way we did, they're not going to understand. It hits them worse. It's going to hit them so hard yeah. because they're not used to rejection. Mm-hmm. And see, us, we had to be social. We didn't have social media. Right. We, we used to ride bikes to your friends. Oh, house. we had MySpace back then. MySpace oh. was my top song. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah top that. five friends. Somebody's yeah. getting left out if you have six friends. <laughs> well, since we got through the dating portion of the question, I really, I really wanted to ask you that. But um, so school, you're wanting to go to college. Where are you going? I'm going to Dyersburg State right now. Okay. Uh, I'm actually about to graduate after this spring semester. So oh, hallelujah for that. My alma mater right there. I uh, I graduated from Dyersburg State. Go in a Eagles. Couple years. Yeah, of course. Hey, hey chill out with all that. All right, <laughs> <laughs> y'all chill out. But uh, I want to go to Jackson State's program, obviously yeah. for the closeness to home, and mm-hmm. it's just more feasible and it just makes more sense. Yeah. Um, I'll try to go get into their PTA program and okay. just try to further my career, um, and get to where I want to be, and that's in St. Louis and Shriners. But you know. 
I know it's not going to happen all in a couple of years. It's just going to be a lot of small steps to a bigger, bigger direction. So just got to take it one day at a time. Um, the school that you want to go to or the career you want to get in Atlanta, you said, is that where you said you want to go work at St. Louis, St. Louis. Okay. So when you want to go there, why are you wanting to go there? Um, well, like I said earlier, uh, I got Shriners was the hospital that did all of my surgery. So mm-hmm. I don't feel obligated. I just feel, um, it's just like this deep need inside of me to go and, and give back to the people that gave so much to me and they don't even know it because that's, a, that's for them. My surgery was a regular day to day thing mm-hmm. for them. But for mm-hmm. me, that was life changing, you yes. know, because yeah. it gave me the opportunity to, to be able to, you know, have a very normal life. Yeah. Otherwise, if I wouldn't have had that surgery, you know, it, you know, no telling where I would be. So, you know, I just wanted to be able to give back to them and um, give back to the people that gave so much to me and to the kids that don't even know me. I want to be able to change lives and just see that that expression on the kid's face of, you know, telling them, hey, you know, you can walk now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just give them that independence. And um, St. Louis is so close to my heart because not only the Shriners, but okay. So I told y'all my mom wasn't any, uh, was no longer here with us, yeah. but she passed away from leukemia when I was 10 years old. Mm. Um, she went to Barnes Jewish hospital in St. Louis. And so we used to go up there every weekend, mm-hmm. um, to go see her. That four hour drive felt like 30 minutes to me at one point. Um, so we used to go up there every weekend and we would go see her. I'd walk around downtown, downtown St. Louis. And I know that that part of St. Louis, like the back of my hand, I'm also a very big Cardinals and Blues fan, oh, so oh my god, you know, I'm a Yankees fan. So. Oh lord, well, you can't buy you can't buy success. So um, yeah, try to and that. go Blues. We just won the Stanley Cup. So, you know. Yeah, you did. But um, so um, you know, being able to live in St. Louis and and be around that familiar environment, um, it just feels at home to me. Even when I'm in Dyersburg, you know, I still miss St. Louis. I love to go there and all the great memories I shared. So I just kind of want to go back to where I am comfortable. Um, I got one more question, and Ann, if you have one, you can ask right after this one. But my main question, one of my really, actually really important questions, I was going to wait to the end to ask, has this whole situation that you grew up with from the day you were born to, to now, to the present day, has it brought you closer to God? Um, You know, I believe everybody has things that they go through that God intentionally puts them through mm-hmm. to test their faith in one and you know strengthen their faith in another mm-hmm. obviously he picked a very long route for me uh with my disability because it's never going to go away so he's always constantly not necessarily testing my faith but proving my faith i yeah. like to think because um you know everybody me personally i'm not a perfect christian and i don't sit here and say that i read my bible every day and that i pray every day and that i do things that i should do right that christians you know hold the standard to right. but at the end of the day, I know that there's only one God and that, that God is in my heart. Um, he has tested my faith through my mom's passing, obviously, because, I mean, when you go through that at 10 years old, you don't really understand. But then when you go through certain life milestones like graduating high school and going to prom and your mom's not there to see it, you mm-hmm. know, that starts to mess with your head mentally. And you were talking how when you're alone, you start to think about things. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like what I go through. So I try to keep myself busy and around people that I love to be around. So I don't fall back into that, you know, type of depressed state. But, um, it has brought me a lot closer to God. It's, it's matured. It's made me mature a lot faster than other 19 year olds. Um, so 
I am very grateful for all the experiences I've went through in life, the good and the bad, because I know that without them, I wouldn't be the person I am today. Yes. And I also believe your life is a testimony Absolutely. Uh, for what you've went through, for what you've gone through. Um, not even your own disability, but what you said going through your mom's uh, passing and that some some kids wish they can overcome things like that. And sometimes they can't. And I just think what you've done in your life and what you're going to do is just great because you've never let it stop you push through and you're gonna have a successful future in the, in the you know and uh i just hope the best for you i really about everything it, uh, yeah, because much. when you walked in you could i couldn't tell you know that you had a disability and you're taller than me and stuff and every you know <laughs> you, you talk you probably talk better than i do look, look how mad he is look, look. <laughs> and, and i just uh i really appreciate you coming and like You've really opened my eyes because what you said, um, God can do anything. He can do miracles. And I yeah. think he did a miracle in your life yeah. for what you overcome as a little kid till mm-hmm. now. And, uh, man, I just hope the best for you. <clears throat> I really Absolutely. appreciate God it. God is great. And he did, I mean, he did wonderful. And when Ms. Marsh, when I talked to her on the phone about it, because as soon as I, I don't even know if I finished that story. When she called me about the interview to do with her, she literally called me, listened to my other interviews, called me immediately on Facebook. And we talked for her whole lunch break. Um, and she was just going, you know, I mean, she said your name a hundred times, yeah. <laughs> even I mean, over she, here when she did the interview with us. Yeah. She talked about you in the interview with us, which we posted, um, last night. Oh, I listened to it about yeah. five times. I'm not gonna <laughs> <lie>. <laughs> but she, um, she, uh, she speaks very highly of you and, and for her to be someone in your corner and, and what she's trying to do and the positivity and the awareness she's bringing, that is an amazing backup to have and a crutch to have if you ever need it because you know if you ever need something to you know you ever feel down you can call her you know you got people around you that seem great your sisters your family everybody just seems like you almost got it made you got it made a lot better than people that don't have what you have Mm -hmm. and it's like your life is a lot more perfect than a lot of people that out here on a day-to-day basis who don't have the support system that you have so um Dude, I really appreciate yes, you coming. You so I appreciate thank your you story. Much. I appreciate your your journey. Thank you for discussing it and and being an open book about it. And I hope to have you back soon, and we can talk about other. We stuff. can talk about sports next time. Oh my we, god, no! Oh, we can get into some yeah, sports. Yeah, we, can, we, we can get into sports. You know, our, um, the volunteers did good. <laughs> I say that, uh, dude. Thank you so much. Um, you're a blessing to this this you know discussion. And thank you. I really yes, thank you so much. Real. Thank you. Before we leave, I'd like to add something. Okay. Um. You know, I just want people to understand one thing. Um, I try to, every day I wake up, I think about my mom. So, because she motivates me. She she and my family here now are the reason that I do the things that I do. Um, And and God, obviously. Um, So, to help anybody that listens to this, that's going through anything, when you wake up or right before you go to sleep, Think of something great that's happened to you. That way you always have a positive mindset and you can always start the day off great no matter what you're about to go through or what you've been through the day before. So that's just that's that's just how I try to live my life and that's a little bit of tidbit advice that I like to give anybody. Well, and that's great words for a good you and know, a lot of people's going to hear that and yeah. reflect it on their own lives. Yeah, cuz we we do have I mean we're blessed to have such a great following. That's and I think that's a lot of God's work too cuz we you know, we started this and all we want to do is raise awareness and talk to people like you who have uh, such a great journey ahead of them and the great things that they do. So, um, I'm, you know, I can't wait to put this out and I'm going to try to put it out in the next, you know, week or so. Um, and are you good? I'm good. Any questions? No. Well, Drake, thanks for coming in. Um, 
uh, Drake's interview with uh, Miss Marsh is on Raising Kellen, the podcast. Uh, her website is raisingkellen.org. Uh, this podcast will be on Apple Music, I mean, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Let's discuss it. Thanks.